With me today to discuss digital or robo-advice is Graham Brand, Quantifeed's senior executive responsible for strategic partnerships in Australia and New Zealand. Quantifeed is Asia's leading provider of B2B white-labeled digital investment platforms for financial institutions, or expressed another way, they're a provider of robo-solutions for banks, super funds and wealth management firms. Well, first up, welcome, Graham. What is your definition of robo-advice? Thanks, Peter. Look, at this stage, in the evolution of of robo-advice, the main AI that we've seen is actually automated investing. There's been a lot of talk about artificial intelligence being used in robo, but really in the deployments that we've seen, we we haven't seen that uh, really come to the fore. We know it's coming, uh, but at this stage, we don't think it's it's here yet. A really good definition of robo-advice can be seen by looking at the deployment we've done for one of our customers, which is DBS in Singapore. DBS is is largely regarded as the most digitally savvy bank in Asia, and I think perhaps even globally. And the journey that we've created with them in just five clicks and three decisions for their customers, and by year end, there'll be five million retail customers of DBS able to use this platform. In, In those five clicks and three decisions, They can purchase a model portfolio which is aligned to his or her risk profile. They have to choose whether they want it in US dollars or Singapore dollars and have that portfolio discretionary managed on an ongoing basis by the experts in the portfolio management team at DBS. This offering is not using AI, but it does align the customer's risk profile with a suitable portfolio which is auto-rebalanced. The robo is efficient for both DBS and their customers. It's affordable and it's very convenient to access and to use. So it's robo-advice, but you're saying the term artificial intelligence in relation to robo has been a little bit hyped and a bit bit oversold and over-talked about. Uh, In terms of actual deployments, yeah, there's, I'm sure, a lot of uh, research and development work underway, but certainly from our experience and also what we've observed in the marketplace, that uh, it's premature to be saying that it's, uh, it's mainstream in, in robo at this point. Seems to me one of the big questions or a key question in this whole issue, is robo advice or digitally based advice, is it a threat or an opportunity for established financial advisors and planners? We see it as an opportunity. And in an environment where the costs to be running an advice practice keep on going up, it's an opportunity to add value to advisors on a number of fronts. And the first one of those is to increase their efficiency. They can use technology, use robo for faster and error-free delivery of, of a range of, of routine services. But presumably cheaper delivery too. Absolutely. It's scalable, it's, it's cheaper, it's efficient. Uh, but when you think about an advisor's time, the, the routine or the mundane stuff is not really value-add that he's you know, providing to that relationship. It's necessary uh, activities that need to be undertaken. And so utilising technology for that, allowing him to be or her to be focusing on the higher value-add aspects of their relationship with the customer, uh, it makes sense for the advisors. It obviously makes sense for the customers. And then there's other ways in which it can be really helping an advisor, for example, automating a call to action. So an advisor coming in first thing in the morning, looks at his dashboard, and he can see which of his customers' portfolios need attention and need rebalancing. So it's making his life a lot simpler 
uh, and it's guiding him on what he needs to do in order to service those existing customers that he has. And then I think also for the industry as a whole, whether we're talking about the customers of the wealth advisors, compliance managers in the wealth advisors, and also the regulators, they should take real comfort that the mis-selling that we have seen in the past, and you know, we saw a lot of that through the Royal Commission come to the light, that really will be a thing of the past um, because what Robo is able to do is what we refer to as providing swim lanes. So there's areas of activity that an advisor can advise a client, but if he strays out of that swim lane, then he's blocked. A great example of that would be an advisor could not sell a high-risk portfolio to a customer with a moderate risk appetite. Um, So keeping the activity within that swim lane, I think, is certainly, it's a requirement, but it's also... You know, those in, internal and external stakeholders when it comes to compliance should take great comfort of that. From my reading of the, the whole Robo issue, it seems to me that Robo offers a potential pathway to engage younger people in the wealth management and investment process. Is that how the industry sees it? Oh, yes, absolutely. But it's, uh, it's not just younger people that are seeking a low-cost, personalised and engaging wealth experience. Everyone wants the convenience in their wealth management that they can get from other service providers, such as when they book an Uber or book a hotel. And it does allow advisors to access this younger demographic, perhaps through a separate channel, so sort of segmentation of their customer base, but then to develop that customer base of young people to the point where when their requirements become more complicated, uh, such as they've become married or the bought a property or whatever it may be, then they perhaps you know need and can get personal face-to-face advice. But whilst their needs are, are fairly simple and it's having discipline to save for a particular goal, then technology can fulfil that really well. There's increasing talk about hybrid offering, which seems to make sense to me. What's your view on that and its future? We believe that, you know, certainly it is the future. It's not either or. It's segmentation of activities, segmentation of customer bases. And it's not just uh, advisors using digital tools to, to make them more efficient, but it's meeting the needs of customers. And there's been quite a lot of recent research. One report that comes to mind is from EY. It's showing that customers right from the high net worth down to those with modest investment amounts now prefer mobile application as the way in which they engage with their wealth advisor. The face-to-face with the individual advisor has dropped right off as a preference. And so it doesn't mean the advisor is going to be replaced, but it means that it's there as a channel and it's there as a tool, and it allows customers to have an engagement digitally when they want it at the time of their choosing, but also maintain a relationship with their advisor. How hard a sell is the, the when you talk about hybrid offerings to the, your potential client base? Do they their eyes glaze over, or do they embrace it, or what, is there resistance in the industry, or what would you describe the situation as being in general? In general, there is a recognition that uh, you know, customer needs are changing. Some are embracing that uh, more more readily and more rapidly than others, but certainly the. Uh, advice model of you know five or ten years ago uh, is not going to be sustainable going forward for a number of reasons but the requirement to have this 
digital engagement is is one aspect of that. And of course, the the cost structure that advice businesses are, are facing, they have to find ways to become more efficient. How do the independent advice businesses access Robo if they want to have that on their suite of offerings? Yeah, look, that, that's a very good question. On their own, most of them probably are not big enough to it. So how do they do that? They've got so to be in bed a, with a platform provider? or Either or a, that or I'm, I think there's some emerging trends of different independent groups teaming together to get scale on a number of fronts, not just for something like digital, but uh, when you think about all of the needs that an advice business has. If a number of independents get together, they can achieve scale. But as you rightly point out, a platform is a, is a great gateway and most advisors are using a platform of some description. And for a provider such as Quantifeed, that gives us an opportunity for what we call a one-to-many strategy. So a key integration with a platform uh, and then many different users that are already customers of that platform sitting underneath of it. So really, if I'm a small suburban shop with a, a small client base and two or three advisors, I should be looking, maybe talking to platforms if I want to put robo offering into my suite of products. Yeah, I think that's the, the most feasible way to cost effectively and to quickly gain that functionality. Absolutely. You mentioned earlier that your Quantifeed has supplied a robo or digital solution for DBS, which is I think it's the largest bank in Asia. What have been the key learnings both from supplying that and what their customer experience has been of the, the white label offering that you have provided them with? Sure. It's really shown us the merit of focusing on the user experience in a robo-offering. It's also launching with just one product, so you can have a very targeted and very focused marketing and promotional campaign. And it's also pricing it very sharply. But how many risk choices do the, does the average it's, DBS customer have? They've got three. What are they? Slow and steady, comfy cruising, and fast and furious. So they speak volumes about where you are on the risk spectrum. And so they've made it very easy for the user in just five clicks and three decisions. They're able to select one of these risk categories, select how much they want to invest and select which currency they want to invest in. And then they're getting this portfolio, which is ongoing, managed by the, the DBS team. And I guess in terms of our key learnings, you know, it's always been our belief, but it's, and it's certainly been validated by the, the DBS launch that you know, one product is the place to start. Sure, have aspirations for building out different journeys over time, but just start with, with one product and that focus on the user experience can't be underestimated. It's absolutely key. And of course, you know, economically, it's got to stack up not only for the institution and technology obviously allows scale and so there's economies there, but also make it attractive for the actual end customer. So when he looks at his alternatives in the marketplace, the robo stands out as being very attractive. How big a decision was it to just go with three risk options? Because I think Betterment and some of those other big ones in the US, they often offer five different risk profiles. Was it a big decision just to limit it to three? When you've just got three, they cover the spectrum uh, really well and they make it very easy for the user to decide which he wants to put it. How big a decision was it to use the vernacular, if, I, if you like, in terms of describing the risk profiles? as it proving a successful decision? The take-up of the platform, it shows that so many of the decisions made have been absolutely spot on. And once again, it's coming back to the, the focus groups and making the platform something that someone can relate to 
who doesn't necessarily have a, you know, a great degree of financial literacy. Graham, thanks for talking to us today. The future is definitely digital. The question, I think, is how fast are we going to get there? I agree. Thanks for your time, Peter.